Hi, this is Damon Pistolka, host of the Faces of Business, where I talk with interesting people sharing life and business experiences to entertain, engage, build community, and provide information to help others succeed. If you're interested in learning more about one of our guests or how we are helping business owners generate wealth and build businesses they can sell or succeed at Exit Your Way, you can find more information on our website, ExitYourWay.com, or by contacting me directly, Damon at ExitYourWay.com. I hope you enjoy the show. All right, everyone, welcome once again. Of business, I just about forgot what I was supposed to say. <laughs> Your host today, and I've got Jill Valdez here today from Link Consulting. We're going to be talking about cracking the communication code for your organization. Welcome, Jill. Ah, Damon, it's so great to be here. Thank you for having me. I am extremely excited because this is something I tell you that you are passionate about. I see how important this is in the organizations that I'm blessed to work with. I hear others talking about it and it's just going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited yeah. to talk about it. I could talk about yeah. it all day long. There you go. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. When we got that much passion. It means we are going to do good things in the world. So Jill, as we like to start out, Let's talk a little bit about your background and what really got you into helping organizations improve their communication. Yeah, my background is that um, for 17 years, I was a director of operations in the nonprofit industry. And when I left that and jumped into the for-profit sector, I really thought that business leaders already had all of this stuff figured out. I thought that they knew leadership and I thought they knew how to bring out the best in their people and how to motivate them besides just a paycheck um, because nonprofit world tends to be a little bit behind for-profit. And I quickly discovered that that was definitely not the case. Um, and, and so I, I just intuitively um, care about people so much and want to see organizations be their best and recognize that it's about the people, not in an HR way, like I'm not an HR person, but but about how to, how to activate people, how to engage their hearts, how to tie in and connect who they are and the work that they're doing with the organization and bringing that all together. And it's such a win-win situation. And so I was doing that. I, I, I actually was an associate director of HR for a company. And the president of the company came to me and he said, look, what you've done for my people and for my business, he said, you need to be doing this for multiple companies at a time, not as an employee, go out and start your own thing. That was in 2018. I had no clue what I was doing. It took a year and a half to, to really figure out uh, the marketing. And because I, I foolishly thought that when people heard I was available, my phone would be ringing off the hook. That did not happen. <laughs> I will freely admit that. 
And so I had to learn about marketing and messaging and how to put this all together. Um, was blessed to take care of and to, to work with some great companies along the way who, who worked with me fumbling through the messaging and, and what I was doing. And then in 2022, and I'd always been, you know, like anybody starting a new business, it, it was part-time, it was on the side uh, as I was continuing to grow. And then in 2022, I actually shuttered the business. My husband um, was getting ready to donate a kidney to his brother. And I was offered an opportunity to be a director of business operations for a hospice agency. It came totally out of left field, but I walked through that door and said yes and knew that I couldn't do all three of those things at the same time. So I shuttered things up and focused on family and on my new career. But in August of this last year, the company went through a restructuring as many of the large companies are doing. And, um, and they laid off about 12% of their workforce and eliminated my role across the organization. And I said, great, I know exactly what I'm going to get back to be doing. And that's working with businesses again. Nice, nice. Well, and it's, it's, it's great for you to be able to continue experience an organization, practicing what you learned earlier and then come back again and practice again. And now you're out uh, helping other organizations do it again. So what, as you're doing this, you know, cause you've got this, you, you, you started out, you were developing and like you said, fumbling through and you learned some of it. I mean, this is really good, good experience because you were able to go then apply some of it in a real world situation and then coming out now. What do you think that, that those process steps, doing it like that and then shuttering your business, but being in the situation where you could actually apply those things and now coming out, how do you think that better prepared you or taught you some things that you didn't know before? You know, probably the best and biggest thing that I learned from all of that, Damon, is the idea of process. Um, I'm not a big fan of process. I'm not a big fan of enjoying the journey. I am, hey, there's a problem. Here's the solution. Let's just get it fixed and we're going to get it fixed now and we're going to power through. But I learned about process and and the importance of making sure that you have things lined up in place, that you have the right people in the right roles, that you have um, a clear vision and a clear understanding of what is being done and where you're going. That was probably the biggest takeaway from all of that was, was learning how to, to still be passionate and accomplishing what the goal is of anybody who works with me, but also having a system in place and a process yeah. in place, which makes it even more duplicate duplicatable. Cause the idea when, when somebody works with me, I don't want to be in their business for the next 10 years. That's yeah. not how I roll. Um, I don't want to be in their business for the next five years, frankly. So the idea is I want to teach people that's, that's part of how I work with them is equipping them with the knowledge that I have so that then if they were to switch companies, um, they could then take what they have and be able to apply it in any situation. 
um, you know, I do this, I do um, a workshop and it's the cracking the communication code workshop. And I, and I, when I first was starting this and I had, this was, gosh, this was four years ago. Yeah. Four years ago. And so I'd like post on Facebook that I was getting ready to do it. And an acquaintance of mine, she saw the post and she called me up and she's like, you have to come and work with my company. You have to come and work with my team. They're the worst. She went on for like 10 minutes about how they didn't want to be accountable and how they didn't respect her and they would come in and do their own thing. And I was like, I don't know that I'm going to be able to solve this problem, but I'm always up for a good challenge. And so I went in and I was teaching this workshop and it was really eye-opening because of the fact that um, we were talking about personality and she's one, she's a very task-driven, you know, super let's get things done now, uh, similar to me, personality. And the rest of her team were very people-focused and very slow, but steady and consistent and cared about the experience of it all and, um, and making sure that things were lined up right. So about halfway through the workshop, she looks at me and she goes, Jill, I'm the problem. <laughs> and there was a part of me that was very relieved that I wasn't going to have to go back and have that conversation with her. But again, it, I told her, I said, it's not that you're the problem. It's just that you both, you have very different personalities. And so we did some coaching through on how to work together. And I went back about six weeks later and the 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 atmosphere in the office was so incredibly different. It, you need everybody. She had moved some people around so that they were doing some different things. She understood a little bit better about why they behaved the way they did. They respected her. They were able to communicate that to her and tell her that. And she was willing to accept that um, as being true and genuine. So it was really good. Uh, about two years ago, she texted me and she said, thank you for saving my marriage. And I called her up. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and she said, well, I took that thing and I, I went home and I made my husband take, find out what his personality is. And I made him go through this stuff and made him listen to what you had said. And um, she said, it totally transformed our marriage. She said, what I didn't know is that he had already met with an attorney and was getting ready to divorce her. Mm. And so all that to say that the things that we, that I get to teach, this is applicable, whether it be in your yeah. personal life, in your work life, you know, we're seeing that now so much, Damon, if you read posts about how employees aren't happy and the struggles that they're having, it's because especially after COVID, I think we were headed this way and COVID just accelerated it, but people no longer go to work and leave their personal life at the door. You know, we all have our phones all the time. We're always connected. And so there isn't that, that separation like it used to be. And so we have to learn as business leaders, how to, how to keep people engaged and how to make sure that we're taking care of them in the workplace and also in their personal life because they are they are connected and they impact each other 
Um, and that's just a truth that we can't get away from. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny you said that because I was I was at a client uh, site today and and we were talking about some of the same things and in some of the training that we're, we're offering employees around productivity and and just organization organization of your day but not only organizing your day organizing your life and and utilizing these same productivity techniques into saying listen if we figure out what we have to get done today at work we can use those same kind of tools calendars and task lists or whatever to to help us at as well so we're not so rushed and and things don't just hit us in the face we know okay this is what i have to do tomorrow or this is what's happening next week and and it is right because if we can make things better give people the tools that help them at work a lot of these times like your example will help them in in their personal lives which only benefits us more in the workplace as well yeah absolutely yeah. Sure. So we got some good comments here, James. Uh, just say, first of all, James, glad to have you here today. Great to hear from you. And then we got Curtis. Curtis, old friend of mine. Aww. Yeah. He's doing yeah. such great stuff. I got to give a shout out to Curtis. What he's uh, doing for people. Man, yeah. he's amazing. No doubt. No doubt. And then, and then James, James is the king of coatings. If you wanted to know how to, what you need to put over a ship that you're going to run long distance or over a runway or all different kinds of stuff like this tank line. I mean, the guy knows everything. He studied it forever. It's awesome. Got a great podcast about it. So good stuff. So as you're coming into these organizations now, you study this a while, you're in and out of them, working with them. What are some of the common challenges you see as people come in to, uh, you know, when we talk about communication, we talk about communication challenges, difficulties that they're having. What is a common theme that you, you see? The common theme that I see is the assumption that communication is actually happening. Ah. You know, there when you go to work and you have 50 million emails and, and so there's just this expectation, well, of course I'm communicating. I sent out an email. Well, you may have sent out an email, but um, that doesn't mean that all of the words that you said or the way that you put it together actually communicated the message. And it, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine about this last week. We were talking about the fact that, you know, it used to be understood that 80% of communication was nonverbal communication. While in email and text, there is no nonverbal communication. So imagine how much is actually getting lost. You know, we're losing tone. We're lo losing um, facial expressions. We're losing those, those connections all that nonverbal communication isn't happening anymore. And so how can, how can more emails make up for that? Well, it, it doesn't, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and there comes a point where email is unproductive. Uh, people will set up filters and rules to be like, okay, any emails coming from this person are going to automatically go to junk. Any emails coming from this person are going to go into this folder that I'll read, you know, a week from now, right? 
any emails from my boss i gotta mark those important maybe i'll read them maybe i won't uh, but yeah. the the expectation that communication is actually happening you know I, and and the other thing too is is some people are really good with words and can craft these beautiful messages and some people aren't and so they might be trying to say something and they're stumbling through with their messages and and so the whole thing the whole point gets missed mm -hmm. so again just because we're exchanging words doesn't mean the communication is actually happening yeah yeah and and the other thing is as you said is the communication happening it's even if we use the right words is it being understood the right uh, as we want it to be yeah yeah oh yeah I, I um there was a client that i was working with and we talked about communication i did the workshop for them and about two weeks later one of the associates emailed me and she said you know this has completely transformed how i work with my manager because for so long we would be emailing back and forth and he i would have more questions but he didn't want to answer my questions and so he'd just be really short and you know be to the point but i needed more information and and so that's a breakdown that i see all the time is that we're not necessarily using the right words um sometimes we're not using enough words and and again just because words mean something to me doesn't mean that it means the same thing to everybody else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you make a great point though. Some people like a lot of explanation and some people want day hey, just short to the point, give me the high highlights and I'll go from there. Yes. Yeah. And you need to understand sure. that you need to understand who you're talking to, to communicate effectively. Yeah. Because like if you're talking to somebody who doesn't want a lot of words and you're giving them a lot of words, they have tuned you out and you've wasted your time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you're doing this and you're helping these teams, I got to believe that just helping people understand what kind of communication styles they have and their team has is a big part of it. Oh, for sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some of the things that, so I assume you're going to do some sort of assessment or some tests of some sort, right? So you're going to do this. What are some of the things that people go, wow, I never realized this. Yeah. Um, so I do, you know, communication at the, the foundation of communication is our personality that's what drives how we communicate. And so I, I teach the DISC assessment. Um, okay. You know, DISC, I like DISC because it's comprehensive, but it's easy. Um, it's easier for people to remember. It's easy for people to remember enough of the key points that when they're interacting with somebody else, they can go, oh, you, yeah, you're, mm -hmm. you're an S. I need to change, I need to slow down or, Oh, you're a D. I'm just going to give you the facts and let's let's get through. Um, and so the fun thing is, is to see people all of a sudden learn about why, what it is that drives them. I mean, we all know who we are, but to to actually hear like, okay, this particular personality 
commonly behaves in this way. They're, they're task focused. And, and for some people I've seen it be like, yes, that's exactly what I, I mean, it's almost like that they're understanding their identity. Like I'm, I'm giving them an identity, like, oh my gosh, somebody finally gets me. Um, and so that's a lot of fun to see. And, and then to see the, the other ones that's really fun is like, you know, when we're talking about how personalities behave and people are like, yep, that's me, you know, like, oh, I read their mail kind of thing, you know, and, mm -hmm. and then to see other people go, oh yeah. Um, it's really exciting to see. I, I have tons of stories. I mean, I could tell stories all day long about just how things have happened and, um, it's been really neat to see people get to know each other better as they get to know themselves better as well. Well, I, I got to believe that that's, that's, you know, a lot of at the core of how you're helping people or how people communicate better is to make sure that me as someone communicating something to someone else that I'm, I'm delivering it in the right way. Yeah. Yep. And, absolutely. And that simple understanding helps. Uh, for sure. So what are, what are some of the, the simple things that you start out with and go, okay, if you want to try one thing to improve your communication, what can you do? The one thing, the very first thing is to know who you are. Um, because that is from my experience and my approach is going to drive everything else when I know so like on the disc profile I'm a very very high D fortunately for the people in my world I'm also a very high I which means <laughs> that I've got enough uh, people skills and passion for people that <laughs> I don't leave people in my wake um, and so if I understand who I am then that helps me know how I'm coming across to people so 15 years ago when I was a leader, you know, I would just churn and burn through people and I'd come in and I was, people would tell you, I was super great at barking out orders and, you know, let's get this done. My kids would tell you the same thing. Oh, mom's very task focused today, you know, but, mm -hmm. and I, I just knew that that was what I was doing and I didn't understand all of why. Once I get to understand that about myself, then, then I can be aware enough of like, if I'm super stressed, then I need to take a breath before I communicate uh, because I can bowl people over with just the power of words um, and, and expectations. So the first thing really is about knowing who are you and then who are the people around you? because uh, you know my husband he can also he's also got a very high d in him and we'll we'll joke from time to time there'll be times where we're both working on stuff and we won't talk to each other we're very focused on what we're doing um sometimes we've worked on projects together which hasn't always worked out super well and he's like he'll come back to me and he'll be like i'm sorry babe i was just acting like a d and i completely ignored your feelings you were right, blah, blah, blah. This, so understanding who we are and understanding the people around us, definitely that, foundational. Yeah, yeah. And and you, you, you hit on some great examples because 
understanding yourself enough and you described it for yourself that if you're in a stressful situation you needed to think because you could just roll right over people and and really go after it and and that i think is wise advice for anyone listening is to you know understand who you are and adjust it because you're going to go to the extreme in those high areas in the disc profile uh, under stress conditions and yeah definitely can relate to that one you know that count to 10 thing works pretty well not <laughs> <laughs> we're doing it so as you're as you're moving forward with this what are some of the things that you're excited to see you know now so you see over the last six months or year and in rolling into 2024 yeah i'm excited to see more companies recognize the need to bring people in to help them build their teams and to to say you know i may be great at what i do in the role that i'm in but i need to be bring people other experts in to help us be a great team and so i'm excited to see that i'm excited to see um, the transformation that happens for companies and for these teams i'm excited to see how it's gonna keep people in the same place as opposed to a constant turnover in some organizations. You know, some of the industries right now, there's really high turnover. And I think it can be avoided with, with putting into place these pieces like better communication, understanding who our team is, how do we work together? Um, how do we hold each other accountable? How do we have healthy conflict? And, and then recognizing how all of those contribute to workplace culture and that it's more than just going out for drinks after work or having a pizza party. Like when we bring all those things together, I'm super excited. I'm excited to see the transformation that's going to happen for companies. Yeah. Yeah. I think you, you brought up a few things there that I think that we've really seen over the last five to 10 years that are, that are, you can't have one without the other, really, because you talk about the, uh, the the whole trend before COVID of hey, we're gonna have we're gonna have tap beer and all the food you can eat, and we're gonna have you know party Fridays or whatever the heck it is. We're gonna go out and do these e extreme events. You know that's what we're gonna do. And some of those same companies had really bad retention. They had it was hard to hard to get people in there, hard to keep them there because some of the other things weren't there. And then on the other end of this, too, you have a lot of companies that thought that being a good place to work meant that you never bring up conflict and you don't talk about things and you don't have the difficult conversations because that could hurt someone's feelings. Yes. And those kind of things are really, I think, one of the those those two things are some of the things that we're really coming to terms with because it's in the current environment where we're still in some industries anyway a very uh, you look at healthcare you look at manufacturing you look at the kind of companies that 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 i'm working in and construction they just simply can't hire enough people they right. can't and they're trying to figure out how to retain 
as much as they are trying to figure out how they can recruit better and onboard better and these kind of things. And when you talk about the all the extras and you talk about you know, having a really good culture that it does know how to communicate, does uh, know how to solve conflict and have healthy conflict. Uh, that's what organizations are now realizing is necessary Yeah. to really be global leaders in what they do. Yeah. And the idea, I love that you said healthy conflict, Damon, because to not have any conflict is just as unhealthy as having explosive conflict. Yeah. You know, and and so conflict, healthy conflict, is going to help a team work better together because they're looking at, here's what I bring to the table, here's my thoughts, here's my thoughts, and they throw it all out there and mess through it and work through it. And then they come up with the best solution as opposed to what's going to make everybody feel good. What's going to make everybody feel comfortable and positive and happy. Um, there are still ways to make people feel valued and yet not necessarily going with their idea. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so that falls into for sure with that healthy conflict um, which goes back to really communicating, like how you talk to people, if, you mm -hmm. know, if, if, if you talk to them with a sassy attitude and be like, that's stupidest thing ever, or, or even if you're like, oh yeah, great idea, huh? You know, yeah. <laughs> people yeah. are not dumb. Well, and what, what I've seen in some places is that the fear of even bringing anything up because they're going to be seen as somebody that doesn't want to have this utopian kind of place, which is, it's never, I mean, let's face it. We're never going to have a, a workplace that doesn't have challenges with people because wherever yeah. people, wherever people congregate, there will be challenges, right? We have different opinions and histories and everything else. But I think that teaching people how to bring something up without offending and the other person being able to receive it without being offended is right. is a real skill in business because there's a lot of things that never get worked out that cause gazillions of dollars in lost productivity, uh, turnover, customer challenge, whatever you want to call it, loss for business that can be handled just by you being able to tell me that, Damon, this isn't working for me and we need to figure out a better way. So it does. Right. And, and this is that bringing it up. And the other thing too, to piggyback on that, Damon, is that somebody asking questions, that's not conflict. And they're not, you know, they're not being subordinate. They're not, they're asking questions. Somebody saying, why do we do this? Or can we explore another option? that's not a bad thing. We need to have an environment in our workplaces where people can ask questions because that's how things get better. Um, yeah. I had, I was looking at a company and, um, and we were talking and I was talking with somebody who worked there and she was saying that, that they're, the company wants to grow and they want to get better, 
But with every suggestion that's made, the leaders come back with, well, we've always done it this way. And I was like, well, yeah. guess what? In about five years, that company is not going to be doing anything because you have to be able to adapt and not be stuck in what you've been doing forever and ever because yeah. you just won't exist. So asking those questions, putting those ideas out there, it's not being disrespectful and it's not, it's not, uh, it should not result in explosive conflict. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and when you talk about communications too, we, we have a lot of organizations are dealing with multi-generational, a multi-generational workforce. And you look at, you know, you've got Gen Zers, you've got millennials, you've got baby boomers, Gen Xers, you've got all the, you know, four generations sometimes. And, uh, that is that is a, a real challenge as well because the form of communication that people like are, are different. Yes. Yeah, it's like, do I text them? Do I Teams them? Should I send them an email? Should I call them? Yeah, yeah, because it, it it's and um, not only does it compound the challenges, it it can create some conflict because if I'm if I'm someone that says, hey, I want to be text all the time and you are one that you automatically just hit the email, but I don't ever check my email. I mean, that's where some of these things in this communication and we've seen it in, in organizations, you know, because we went through COVID and everybody had to figure out how to use Slack teams, whatever, for this kind of communication. So now we got this communication hub here because we were using it for video conferencing and such. But now how do we really use this long term? How does how do the, the the messaging in a Teams or a Slack type environment compare to email? And if I was so used to using my my cell phone for texting a lot of it, how does that all integrate into our business as well? Because we we run into a plethora of communicating with you and I might work really well by email, but it might not work with somebody that doesn't read their email or teams or something like that. So I think organizations have been challenged because they've got more dimensions in what they do now with the communication. Yeah. My suggestion on that is that when you're, it, that goes into onboarding, when mm. you're onboarding a new staff member, um, again, cause we want to treat people as individuals. So when you're onboarding a new staff member, ask them, there's two questions really that are foundational. What is your, what is your, um, what is your preferred method of communication? Okay. And the other question is how do you, how do you like to be shown gratitude? Ooh, Ooh a good one. So if we get those answers on the front end, then when we're introducing team members to the rest of the staff, then they already know this is how you're best going to be able to communicate with them. You know? Um, so, and, yeah. and companies that have been existing for a long time, they can very easily put this in place and, and just go back. Hey guys, now that we're moving forward, we need to ask you two questions, even though you've been here for 20 years. Life has changed. How is your preferred method of communication? That what is you like. That is those two questions are so so important because 
when you look at the demographics of the different uh, different age groups, and you look at me, I'm I'm a, I'm a Gen Xer, even though I look like a baby boomer, but uh, I'm Gen Xer, right? And someone comes up to me and says, "Hey, great job, Damon." I'm like, "Yeah, cool, whatever." And, and and now when you look at someone that's younger, a millennial or a Gen Z, or that's that's an important thing. Yeah. Uh, and and it's an important thing. And you you ask what. How you know? How do you like uh, receiving gratitude? Or, or the, the the question you said was much more eloquent than that. But that is such a good question. I mean, I'm just like it just slapped me like a brick because it's it you need to do that and then just understanding the preferred method and then it's easy enough to keep that in your in your HR information somewhere so they understand it so that a supervisor can understand it so that everyone can understand and once you you've been around it a little bit then you will know. Yeah. Uh, Ah, the simple stuff is so, so effective. That's cool. So what what else good is happening with you in 2024? You're going to develop new programs. You're going to be, what's happening in 2024? Yeah, I'm I'm excited. 2024 is a great year. I'm working with uh, businesses. I'm working with executive directors on how to uh, improve employee engagement and employee retention, dealing with things of workplace culture. It's kind of, it's a done for you program. They don't have to do it. I'll come in and I'll do it. Nice. Um, and, and then also I, you know, I'm really seeing, I'm seeing, I know this for myself personally and have been known this about me for a while, but, living life on purpose. And so I kind of started a branch of coaching of just one-on-one coaching of helping people live life on purpose. Nice. And so I'm looking forward to, to seeing that being able to help people, um, overcome obstacles that keep them stuck in status quo, knowing that they don't have to wait for someday they can take steps to get to their next thing now. Um, so those are the two big things that I'm working on for 2024. And I'm, I'm very excited about. Oh, those are awesome. Those are awesome. And so if someone wants to get a hold of you, Jill, what is the best place to do that? And how should they do that? Anybody can find me on LinkedIn. I'm pretty, very I, good. I like to hang out on LinkedIn so they can always find me on LinkedIn. Um, and then they can go to the website, linkconsulting.info. Um, those are good. the two places that is easiest to find me. Very good. Very good. So one, one more time, explain to me and the audience again, you're helping executive directors with helping their team communication and dynamics. Yeah, basically, we're going to build the dream team without starting over. Um, yeah. And from that, you're going to have increased employee engagement. You're going to have reduced employee turnover. And you're going to have a stellar workplace culture. Boom. That is so good. That is so good and so relevant in today's uh, today's business. It's just, And it's, it's what we're striving for. And uh, every employee that we can engage and get them engaged fully is, yeah. is much more happier 
at their work, more productive at their work. And and as you mentioned earlier in this conversation, they're probably happier in, in their life as well. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Well, Jill, thanks so much for being here today. I appreciate you stopping by. And it's always a pleasure to be able to talk with you because, you know, you're you're very knowledgeable and passionate about what you do. And I, I, I appreciate you being here. Thanks for the time, Damon. I love talking with you. Thank you for the opportunity for me to share some of this information. All right. It was great. It was great. Well, I'm going to, we're going to check out for now. I want to say James Curtis and an outside your door. Hey, thanks for being here today, everyone. We will be back again later. Hang out with me for a minute, Jill, and we will finish up off 